I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We all know that Congress is supposed to have the power of the purse and the purse springs, strings. But, of course, uh, Congress has been giving up and abdicating its legislative authority to the executive branch and the presidency for many, many years. Uh, but what does that really mean? Uh, who's the real loser in all of that? Uh, I think it very well could be each of us as taxpayers. Because if the, the president can control the purse strings and some spending and some programs, uh, then everything goes a little bit sideways. So who's really controlling the money? Who's minding the store? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, you may not have known that the there is a transportation program. We talk a lot about transportation infrastructure. There's actually a transportation program that is controlled by the White House. It's blown through all kinds of money and a ton of projects, dubious and otherwise, over three administrations, so Republicans and Democrats alike. And so is it time to rethink this little thing about uh, how the government ends up uh, controlling the national purse when it comes to some of these transportation programs? Christian Bridgeke is an associate editor at Reason Magazine. He has a great piece on this, and he joins us on the line now. Christian, thanks for chiming in. Hey, thanks for having me on. So, So tell us about this. Everybody thinks, okay, Congress writes the bills, proves the bills, proves the spending, uh, and then it goes. But uh, apparently there's a little bit of uh, slush money flying around that the White House is actually in control of. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, normally when you have, um, you know, some sort of, um, you know, particularly in transportation, uh, some sort of spending program, it's normally what you call a formula program where Congress lays out this much money must go – uh, this this amount of money is going to go to these particular priorities, and maybe it has to be split between rural areas and urban areas. This much has to go to roads. This much has to go to rail, so forth. Um, but there's been this program which um, started as part of the stimulus under Obama and has gone by um, a couple different names over the years that where Congress basically gives the White House a pot of money and says, you know, spend this effectively however you wish on – whatever transportation priorities you want to come up with. And there's some vague language about it's being spent wisely and all sorts of things like that. But uh, there's really no effective statutory um, restrictions on it. And as a result, the White House, uh, over successive administrations, has used it to fund things that are more look like political priorities than maybe, you know, bread and butter transportation projects that we might want to see Washington spend money on. 
excuse me, you reported that uh, just in the first year in office, the Biden administration has awarded close to $1 billion to states and localities uh, through this slush fund, we'll call it, uh, Rebuilding America Infrastructure. They call it the RAISE uh, grant program in 2021. Uh, a billion seems like a, a lot to be thrown around. Sure, absolutely. And to be clear, that, that billion is that's the money that Congress has given the White House to play with. Right. And I mean, in the grand scheme of uh, transportation programs, it's not that large of a program, but it is, given how few restrictions on it, it still gives the White House a lot of money to throw around and spend on things that um, are generally not, or haven't been, you know, either national in nature, which is probably what you want to see from federal spending, and not even on transportation priorities, which is what you maybe want to see from a transportation grant program. Um, instead, this money is going to fund you know, rural recreational trails, uh, kind of like pedestrian and bike greenway projects, uh, parkways, things like that, roads and bridges, which is, uh, you know, something uh, President Biden has talked a lot about. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned is that, uh, of course, this has been going on for administrations, Republican and Democrat. Uh, I know that uh, President Trump's uh, White House wanted to say they were going to get rid of that, of what was going on during the Obama presidency. Uh, but, of course, once they had it, then uh, it actually didn't go away, but it actually got bigger. Right. right. Uh, I mean, this is a kind of a, a funny thing about the history here. As, as I mentioned, this program started um, as part of the 2009 stimulus bill in response to the Great Recession. Uh, but then it turns out the White House uh, really liked, uh, you know, this kind of power to just, spend, you know, have a grant program to uh, spend free money. Um and so um, Congress kept approving it. Um, and then the Trump administration and Republicans in Congress were often very critical of this because, you know, during the Obama administration, you can imagine a lot of the grants went to uh, democratically represented congressional districts and also swing districts, right, to kind of shore up political support. So there's a lot of political prioritization of the money. Um, so Republicans were critical of this. The Trump administration initially said, hey, we're going to get rid of this grant program. But then with unified Republican control and Congress and the White House, they decided to instead uh, double the amount of money from, I think, around $500 million to a billion in 2018. And then the White House um, started spending that money on Republican areas, you know, particularly rural areas where there's going to be a lot of, you know, to reward their own supporters. Yeah. And is there any uh, is there any front end transparency or back end accountability built into any of this? Or is it just uh, Congress allocates this, the White House gets it, and uh, they can have uh, free range with whatever they decide to spend it on. Um, I mean, there is there is some level of accountability in that um, you've had some government watchdogs look into the, um, you know, the, the, the spending and raise questions. You've had a, the Government Accountability Office, which is kind of Congress's watchdog, um, ask questions about why, you know, this project has gotten funded over this one. Um, but often, no, the, the White House, they don't um, and haven't consistently made, you know, clearly documented why. Uh, so, for instance, when people apply for this money, um, the White House will rate these projects, you know, based on how many people they'll move, how much safety improvements you might expect from it, if it's putting up, you know, protected bike lanes or some guardrails or something like that. And often what's happened is projects that are rated lower get funded over projects that are rated higher. And the White House hasn't, uh, across administrations, done a good job of documenting why they're making those decisions. And so there, there is some transparency, but really all government watchdogs can do is ask questions. Um, 
and we haven't got a lot of good answers for those. Yeah. Anything you're uh, looking at on the horizon, anything to, to be watching for as this continues to just kind of play out administration after administration? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can expect too much change uh, for this particular program, um, The rate, these raise grants, uh, anytime in the future. Again, they, they've persisted across three different administrations, a lot of different Congresses. Uh, it seems like the incentives and the will is to keep them around. Uh, the one kind of worry is this is a very discretionary program, and the infrastructure bill that Congress recently passed, uh, President Biden signed into law, uh, awards um, – Transportation Secretary, a lot more discretionary funds to use. And so it's possible we'll see more spending like this. Mm. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind. All right. Christian Britsky is an associate editor at Reason Magazine. Thanks for joining us today. Great insight there. And this is the kind of stuff that uh, drives me crazy because it undermines confidence. If if the White House, again, administration, Democrat or Republican, doesn't matter. Uh, but if they're doing things where they're rewarding their cronies and their lawyers and their lobbyists and they're helping in swing districts with projects, uh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, Congress has got to rein that in and uh, be responsible. Part of it is Congress doesn't want to be responsible for their uh, their own doing, so it's easier to abdicate that to the executive branch. Uh, that is not what the founders have in mind. We've got to do it different. We've got to have transparency so we can have accountability. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.